Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Today, we're talking football pet peeves. What pisses you off? What really grinds your gears about football? Well, we love a good moan here at the Edge of the Box, so we've decided to make a segment out of it. We're basically doing Room 101 for football. We'll also be trying to define what world class actually means and how many players are truly worthy of the label. I'm your host, Harry Brent. So the first player, this, this is the question, the first player to win the Ballon d'Or played for which team? I, I know, so I'm going to stay out of this one. Do you, do, do you guys have any idea no, who, who it could no, be? No, that's what I'm trying to work. Oh, no. Um, so I think it was in the 50s. It was in the 50s. 56. 56, Bayern yeah. Played for Bayern it's not Bayern Munich. No. If it's PSG. <laughs> if it's any <laughs> French team. Did PSG exist in 1956? No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> nah, I haven't got a clue. I haven't the foggiest. So, right, um, I'll give you a clue. It's, it's an English team. Is it Nottingham Forest? Is that why it's I not Nottingham it? Forest. Oh, it's going to be really... Blackburn. It's not Blackburn. Leeds. <clears throat> it's not Burnley. Is it? No, it's not Burnley. Do you know, can you think of any players from the 50s at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just have a think about them players from the 50s. Um, (laughs) Some people know players from the 50s. How many can I think of? Um, I've been reading a book recently. (laughs) It's not about football, but I have been reading a book. (laughs) It's made at least one reference. Preston. It's not Preston, but you're in the right area geographically. Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to think of the right kind of teams that were there for early on. Egby, you've been very silent on this one, mate. So, Ross narrowed it down to northwest England. Not Blackpool, is it? It is Blackpool. Are you joking? It's Blackpool. It's, it's, it's a boy called Stanley Matthews, and he plays for Blackpool. Played for Blackpool. What a claim to fame that is. Yeah. So, I heard that earlier this week, and I was like, what? No way. So, I looked it up. I was like, he played. That's a good teaser. He played into into his fifties, I think, professionally. I think he might be still be the oldest player to have ever played for England, and I think he won the Ballon d'Or in his forties. I f- might have got that wrong, but that's what's in my head. Hell of a player. I may have to fact check that. <laughs> um, but I love the, I love the, the the grovel in your voice, then Ash. Hell of a player. Hell of a player. What a what a guy. Get it into the mixer. Can you can you name? Oh, oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this your season, Harry? Or mine? No, go on. I, I was just going to extend the Ballon d'Or stuff, but no, go on. You, Ro, it's your turn. It's your turn. Go. It is right. Who are the three players from Argentina to have scored a Premier League hat trick? Don't cry for me, Argentina. Angel Di Maria. Tevez. Di Maria. Is correct with Di Maria. Di Maria is not correct. Aguero. I thought. I thought Aguero. he scored. Tevez, correct. Correct, correct. So we got one. We got one more to find. I don't think Crespo did. Um. Um. I don't think Leicester fan Cambiasso did, <laughs> which is single-handedly the greatest nickname of any footballer I think of all time. Um, Leicester fan Cambiasso. Um. <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh. Bleh. Um, uh, I, I presume Lamella's not. I'm just naming Argentinian players here, not Lamella. Um, it's not Marcelo. <laughs> not Marcelo. <either. laughs> um, not even too sure he scored three goals. To be honest, <laughs> I do love him though. He's fantastic. Um, is is this expected? Will we expected to get the first two instantly, and then this one's yeah. hard? Or yeah. Uh, um, give us a give us a sort of five year time frame. One second. Yeah. Okay, from between. Okay, so the your five win five year window is between yeah. 2010 and 2015. Okay. And the team that he played for is obviously still in the prem. Argentinian. Um, think many Pablo Zabaleta, no. uh, Nicolas Otamendi, 
Martin Demichelis. You you say you've had all the bleeding Argentines. He was in the year 2011 <clears throat> when he scored two hat tricks for this one team. Oh, this is really really annoying me because I know I know I'm going to know him. Um, can you not tell us the team? No. <laughs> The team are in the top six of the moment. I can give you that. Uh, that what, in the league? Yeah, that he played for. Right, so Man United. Man United. It's not, I can tell you, I can tell you with confidence, watch me get pie-faced. I can tell you with confidence, it's not Chelsea. Um, Well, I wish I could say the same because I, f- I forgot Eric Lamella existed when I was trying to think of Argentinian <laughs> players. So, and he's a current player. It can't be Arsenal because <laughs> we're not in the top. Oh, yeah, we're not in the top six either. Oh, it's got to be City, right? Two hat tricks. Argentine, number 10. Oh, this is doing my nut in. Give us a team. Yes, give us a frigging team. Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, thought so. Oh, Taxi oh. Rodriguez. <laughs> you have absolutely stumped. <laughs> it's oh yeah. So, that- someone asked me about asked me the same question midweek, and I was literally like, "Oh my god!" You got Maxi Rodriguez, but you couldn't think of a good. No, well, I completely forgot about Tevez. <laughs> He's one of those Maxi oh, Rodriguez. Just one of those guys that is just so, so forgettable. Assuming, yeah. <laughs> like, and that and that was that, that was that particularly rubbish period for Liverpool, like mm. post Benitez, pre Rodgers. Oh gosh. But they had like Hodgson and Dalglish and all that. Um, <laughs> what in the team? I'm not surprised we <laughs> I just might as well have been over there. Yeah. One of us a few weeks ago offered up the suggestion, not necessarily because he believed it, I have to stress, but offered up the suggestion that there are only three world-class players currently in football in the world. Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo and Robert Lewandowski. I uh, turn that over to you guys. What do you think of that statement? Should we consider kicking the person who said the statement out of the podcast or should we throw him a party? Like, what's what, what, what do you reckon? Are there any three... Three Is there what? an investigation to figure out who said it first? Because um... yeah, there's Tongi and Dombele, Harry Kane, <laughs> and his son. So um, it was me that said it, and I, I don't. It's weird because I, I, I do believe it. I don't believe it as well. And you think this? This is. Does, you believe this opinion? <laughs> it's I do and I don't, and I can see arguments for both sides. Yeah. I do, for me, the main point. The main reason why I said that those three are the only world-class players is because of their goal-scoring records for their respective teams. So obviously Messi is just just completely out there, just unreal. Ronaldo as well, his goal-scoring record has been phenomenal. And Lewandowski, I think, for me, easily within the what past four or five years, for me, has been the best striker in the world. Obviously, yeah. bar Ronaldo when he shifted to, to centre-forward, but... <laughs> I know, go on Ash, you seem outraged, I'm sure you think Harry Kane's up there as well No, I'm just no, Lewandowski yeah. is a fantastic player yeah. He's, he's yeah, yeah. I will agree <laughs> But I guess I guess the question here it comes down to, what I think, what is your definition of world class in football? Yeah, 100% Who was it that was um, um, uh, which which publication did a big Welcome to World Class series recently on online, who was that? That was um, was it going to masterclass? No. Oh, God. It began with B. Oh, got yeah, you, you were sharing a lot of it in the group chat. It's not But yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's what drove this whole conversation to come about, kind of thing. This whole, yeah. Like every yeah. other player and, in the world getting called world class. And whoever, I can't remember, what, I can't remember which, which publication it was, but anyway, their, their definition they explained was based, well, based on a lot of things, but essentially they thought if you, if you're in the top five players in your position, that, that means you're world-class. So the sixth player is not world-class. Um, and then they obviously had a discussion about those players and you can, you can shift them about. But I, you know, I, I think to, to answer this question or to get a slightly better understanding of it, I think 
you really have to work out what your definition of world class is. And this is the thing, people's are different. I mean, what's, did you have an idea, Dave, when you set, set about thinking about this, did you have an idea of what you'd consider world class to be? Um, I think for me, it was that probably, I think definitely best in the position, I think would be up there, but I don't think that's the only criteria. I think mm. goal scoring record, I think, um, impact in the game. I think Messi and Ronaldo, they're just like generational talent. So I think it's just a given that they're up there. But I think for me, Lewandowski, when I see him play, he has everything a striker has. He's big, he's strong, he's quick, great in the air, left foot, right foot. He basically gets on the pitch and you you just know he's going to score. He's going to get a goal. He's that good. And I know that you can apply that to people like Harry Kane. Imagine you can apply that to Aguero as well. There's so many other strikers. But I think for me, he's just a cut above the rest when it comes to just his position and him just getting goals. Not saying that obviously a defender or a fullback, well, but it can't be world-class, but I think those three for me just stand in the top echelons of the current footballers now. Oh. And there's, a, there's a few different reasons why I kind of disagree with this. Um, with this statement. Right. So, so for one, obviously, it's, it is the definition of what is world-class. And I, I believe a world-class player would be someone that if they walked into any team in the world, they would outright improve it, uh, regardless of position. So I, I feel like you saying that they're, they're world-class just based on their scoring outputs. Yeah, you can say that about a striker, but how do you how do you quantify that with a defender or a goalkeeper? Like, can that, can in that way, can goal scorers only be world-class? Like, I second this. I second this. Ooh. With your, the way you're saying it, even though you said, obviously, um, not disregarding goalkeepers or defenders, because yeah, yeah. this, that, or the other. <clears throat> in your mind, Eggbeer, well, not in your mind, but from what you said, it seemed like you're already like you're already limited to a certain kind of caliber of player to be defined as world class, and that's attacking. Yeah, I think it's it's yeah, like I said, I did say it's not the only criteria, but I think I think we use the term world class, I think, too loosely or too frequently without sort of any merit. I think we see any player doing well or performing well and we say they're world-class. Um, people that I think of are people like Jaden Sancho. I think people have used the term world-class for him that I've seen and I don't think he's world-class yet. Not that he can't be world-class, I just don't think he is world-class. I think the one of, one of the exceptions I can think of that probably could make their way into the world-class bracket on merit, I think, is Kevin De Bruyne. I think, again, he's someone that you know he's going to get assists, you know he's going to influence the game, he's the main creative hub. And I don't want to put emphasis on certain players having specific traits and characteristics that make them world-class, because I know that's what you guys are saying, and I agree that that shouldn't be the only criteria, but you do need to take that into account. Um, but I just think that how well they've... Because Kevin De Bruyne, only within the past, what, three years or so he's really been at this level he was good and he was getting assists but it's only recently the past two three years that I think he's really been on this level that he's been on this trajectory while the three plays that I've mentioned have just been not it's not just outscoring I think it's their influence I think it's the awards that they win I think it's the way they play that they step onto the pitch and you know they're going to make a difference that they're pretty much the best player on the pitch most of the time and with Ronaldo, that's obviously changed with him, sort of. I know we talked about him going into a centre forward role and just finishing off moves that turns into goals and whatnot. But I think how he's played and the influence that he's had and the impact that he's had on the game, I think puts him into that bracket. That's why I think Kevin De Bruyne, like I said, he's the only one. But I think he still needs to do it for a few more years. And maybe the argument of winning trophies might come into it as well. Of I does do. Wow. Does does form does form come into it? I think that I'll, I'll say form is temporary, but class is permanent. But like, so for example, you know, could you say um, that Eden Hazard was world class, but even though he's he's definitely not been for the, but but, but then but then again, <sighs> would you say that like the, there's evidence to suggest that this isn't 
who he, do you know what I mean? Like, do, does form come I into it? Hazard was, I would say that Hazard is probably one of the most mm. natural gifted footballers I think I've ever seen. The way he controls the ball, the way he puts his body, in, the ball in between him and the play, he, he's really good at shooting. But I think what's let Hazard down is his, are his stats. And again, we've talked about, we don't, stats aren't the only thing, but I think they do play a factor. If he's scoring, 15 but, goals, getting 15 assists consistently for three or four years. But that, I mean, you say let down by his stats. I will defend him here because I, I don't know. I mean, possibly if you're comparing him to Ronaldo and Messi, but and Lewandowski and Lewandowski. But I mean, you know, he's not a he's not a he doesn't have striker. to be a, he's not a striker for for one. And he, and I think only Messi and Ronaldo are the only players who sort who started non-striking because well, Messi really Ronaldo before he went to centre forward and any players that start in those sorts of positions and produce those numbers. But again, I, what I'm trying to get to the point of it, what I get to the bottom of is, is so I guess from what I'm hearing, like for you, it's, it's more of a kind of, um, I don't mean this like flippantly or to pass it off, but like, it seems like more of a feeling for you. Like they just sort of, I get, I get a feeling from them. Like, you know, I see Kevin De Bruyne and he's controlling games and I don't feel like he was doing that a few years ago. It feels, it's not particularly as quantifiable whereas I think certainly from Ash, Ash and Josh have said and I, I tend to agree with them that it, it you know there there is a way to quantify it and um, it's interesting you say before you said before about um, I think it's definitely is overused like people are, people always use it when it's not needed like as you say I mean Jaden Sancho I don't think under any anyone's definition of world class is world class really um, but I wanted to ask you: Can you um, can you suggest that a piece of a piece of skill or a shot is world class like that, or a finish that finish with world class? That's a world class save. Is that does that does that come into? No, because I think anyone any average player could have a, an incredible shot or effort or attempt. It I doesn't think. make them world class, but it just can you can you say that that was a this is a world class save? That's a class moment. <laughs> yeah, world class. I said has to be consistent. I think mean, that's that, that's why it's not just this arbitrary feeling of oh he looks good or he seems it's like they produce on the pitch almost day in day out for the past five six years or so so it's not just this so form oh, will you know, come into it for you yeah form form definitely has to come into it I think it's probably trophies I think the way that they impact games is I've not built this criteria per se this concrete criteria but it's not definitely not this arbitrary feeling of oh, do you think edge comes into it at all when, what do you uh, when, when with these with these kind of like obviously you've got a very limited number of players that you think are world class it seems to they're all either in their prime or just just past it so they've already had their prime and ha- have reached their, their peak and their, the peak of what they're going to like put out like goals and assists wise so I mean they've already achieved all that they can achieve and the best they've been the best player that they are going to be so you can look back upon that they're still producing I think it's they may have passed their peak but they're still scoring goals as almost as if they were in their peak so we're talking about before like are you saying unfortunately world class has become you know, these three players, Ronaldo, Messi and Lewandowski because of their positions. And then you're saying it's not saying that people can't be world-class in other positions. So is that the case of, is that is that a case of there's so much stigma around positions in football for you to be world-class? So you have to be good at doing this or you have to be doing that right in order oh, yeah. to be, to be world-class. Second point, trophies do not make you a world-class player. The biggest freeload at the moment is Benjamin Mendy. <laughs> You can't say that he's world class. You can't no, say he's world class. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're taking it as isolated criterions when I'm saying it has to be collective. So I'm saying it's not... You can't, oh, you know, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, class. these are just talking points to, to consider. Yeah, I know so like, Benjamin Mendy's world class, but you would say that... No, no, no. Who's consistent with trophies? Who's... <laughs> no, you don't, Ash. Your regular one is world class. I think... An in, I think an interesting one would be someone like Virgil van Dijk. Do you guys think he's world class? Yes, mm. I, I do. I yeah, I'd, I'd consider. I mean, again, he's I, another one it that comes down to your own cri- criteria. Well, from, yeah, exactly. From my from my, from my he's obviously criteria, the best in his position, 
He's obviously recently won trophies. I think he can walk into any team and improve it. Because, mm. I, yeah, I think it, you run a day, you're on a day. Yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying. It, having a lack of one criteria doesn't necessarily disqualify you. But, but again, like, surely being world class is about a player's talent and a player's, you know, what they actually do. Yeah. Whether they're part of a team that wins things is, is surely another. Matter like like for example, I mean I know I pre- I know he wasn't world class, but I, I can't really think of a, a world class potential player who hasn't won anything. But like Gianfranco Zola, you know I know he won a couple of cups at Chelsea, but like you know would you would you say his ability um, was lessened because you know as let's say for example if Man United or Arsenal had bought him in the in the nineteen ninety nine, would he have suddenly shot up in in well, I think class I level? But this is what I mean. Just because he had very good ability doesn't mean he's world class. No, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily saying that. I just used him as an example because I, for some reason, I brought him up as someone who hasn't won trophies, even though he has won trophies. So it's a bad example all round. Um, well, I think this is my point about not just you, not you, but why we use we flippantly use the term world class because we see someone who has maybe got a natural ability or someone who's done a bit of quality or. Has, mm. has done something to a very high level, but then you need to add in the consistency. You need to add in their influence on the pitch. You need to add in, I get, even though I know it's it's true, it doesn't, it shouldn't count. But actually, winning trophies, I think, is important in football. It's not. It probably is arguably the most important thing because that's what players want to do. But I'm I'm not saying that it, if you don't win trophies, you can't be world class. But I don't think it's any coincidence that. The players that I've said have won many a trophy in their careers. Is Jan Oblak world class? Uh, not in the last few years. I think he's deteriorated. What? Yeah. Say what? I would still say Manuel Neuer is a better keeper than Oblak. Who I know what? Manuel Neuer is someone that I'd probably say <coughs> world class or maybe... Because of the trophies? No, just because of... <laughs> well, the trophies, but because of his... He's, Another man passed his prime. When you play a keeper, when you when you're one on one with a keeper, you you you're scared, and I think he has that imposing figure there. Mate, mate, have you seen how little, few goals Atletico can yeah, see? Yeah, no, of course they they're obviously defensively astute, and they're a team that plays that way as well. But I think, I think they're top of the league with two games in hand. Yeah, but I still think I still don't rate. I still rate Jan Oblak. I just don't think he's like. I mean, comparing to Manuel Neuer in his prime, I don't think. Yeah, no, Blackies. But that's not what the question that. is. We're not. We're not. I mean, not in. Not directly comparing it to Matt. Well, Manuel, I guess but just saying that. Consistently, I, I used I used him as an example because possibly with the exception of Neuer, who a lot of people would say is not as good as his best days, I'd probably. I certainly think he's the best keeper in the world. But my, I only use that as an example to say that. Do you? Obviously he's you a know, quality player. He's he's a quality <clears> quality keeper, but I'm not sure he's. What about Allison? Allison. Again, I'm. He's is this our very, section of hating on Liverpool? <laughs> he's a very good, very, very good keeper. But I, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say he's world class, or maybe not yet. Again, he needs to do it consistently. He needs to have a, a high number of clean sheets. I think. So you, you need it to be further down the line, like you yeah. Know, when he's, I think, and that's what I think it is. I think world class is a retrospective term. So you wouldn't you wouldn't say uh, Mbappe was. World no, class. I I think that Mbappe is a very very good talent, but I don't think he's right. he's obviously won the World Cup, but I don't think he's done it consistently. I think the the environment at PSG is a very seems like a toxic environment in the sense of that you don't have to try. You turn up knowing that you're going to win, and you take it for granted. It's very showboat, <clears throat> and that's why I hope Pochettino will change that because Mbappe has all the talent in the world. But I still don't think he's world class yet. When Messi um, scored a hat trick against Arsenal in the Champions League, um, oh, I she would bring that. When he, <laughs> when he when he dinked the ball over yeah, yeah, um, Almunia or whoever it was or Chesney, uh, <laughs> at, when he was twenty-one, at that point, would you have said, with this current thinking, that he was not world class? I would again. It's contextual. Or is or is there an ex- exception to be made because it's Messi? I don't know. Oh. It's, at the at the time, I've probably been like he's incredible, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making up. You know, there's no, there's no one better than him in the world, but he's no, not. No, I mean there is no one better. But with Messi, obviously, maybe it's different. But Mbappe definitely, I wouldn't <clears> say he's world class. I don't think 
and I think he's, he's uh, there's a, an attitude that I think as well that someone like Ronaldo, he always fought to be the best. While Bappe, I think he can sometimes take his natural talent for granted and just think, I can just do that without having to put in any effort, without almost taking football and the opposition seriously, which I think is a detriment mm. to his sort of world-class status. So would we class players that are world-class at a certain age? Because I'm the more we've been talking about it, the more I'm thinking, when we look at Lewandowski, when we look at Messi and Ronaldo, we can all pinpoint three, maybe more, absolute moments of brilliance within a match that they've done and they've done it not just once, but quite a few times. And if we was like your example before saying against that hat trick against United at the age of 21, uh, sorry, Arsenal. Arsenal. Oh, okay. Arsenal. Not Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. Forget to mention it was Arsenal. (laughs) It was Arsenal. (laughs) So enough about Arsenal. Um, Oh. No, but like, the fact that he's he did that at the age of twenty one, brilliant, it's fantastic. But was there a certain point in his career where people went right? He's world class, and he's that age dependent. I think he's, because then we can look back at his career and go. That I think that's what I was saying. That the term world class should be used retrospectively. Yeah. I think it's a case of where they've been at that incredibly high level for a prolonged period of time because if we go back to Mbappe some people might say Mbappe's world class but let's say he for the next 10 years only scores 25 goals or as an an exaggeration because obviously he'll score more but you would look and think he's not world class because he's not scored that consistent amount of goals. Surely then you just say he used to be world class now he's not. I still, I still wouldn't use. Uh, maybe this you is my very rigid framework of world class. But people, sure people very often just get excited when they see a high potential, a player with a high potential, and they'll very quickly say he's world class because he could be if he reaches that level. Would you say Mo Salah is world class? Um, because of the amount of goals he scored, which probably goes against my point, but because he scored so many goals, people automatically said he's world class. I don't think I don't think he can improve any team. I think there's players better than him in his position. I think that through like many criteria we've all listed, I, th- I think that there are better options than him. I think he's quite greedy on the ball. He's getting a bit better, and he takes a lot of shots. I mean, it's not. He's, he's a good player, but he's he's not world class now. Yeah, the sort of Salah thing is interesting because Sa- Salah, you sort of, I mean, you know, I think we, we all sort of, certainly um, me and Ash, I think you guys possibly the same, think he's a little bit overrated in his in his best moments. Um, he, he's, a, he's a good player. I mean, my, my, if I was to absolutely have a nailed on definition, which I don't think I have, and I, I know what you mean about the idea that we do get excited about players and therefore brand them world-class. So, so I know what you mean, Dave. You can't necessarily have just oh you can say they're world class and then if the dip form dips you can just say they're not world class i agree that that shouldn't necessarily be the case um uh but i, I under my definition I, I sort of think that if you're a world-class player is someone who can essentially walk in, walk into it yeah walk into a team any any team around the world and not necessarily nailed on improve them but but i think like if, if you're a world-class player you could you could take him out and put him in any team and he wouldn't be like making the team weaker, I guess, is, is probably my definition. And with Salah, as much as I would argue he's overrated by people in this country, I think, I think Liverpool are one of the strongest teams in the world when they're on form. And I, I think even at somewhere like, you know, you're nitpicking with things like Bayern Munich where you say, well, possibly Nabry and Sane are on form, better players, or nitpicking with... City, um, I, I think, I think, I think he probably could walk into all those teams and they wouldn't be noticeably weaker. So I would probably say he is. Salah is world. He is, yeah, he is world class. So how many world class players would you say there are in the world then currently? I, I would, I mean, yeah, that's be interesting. It, it would be like, I mean, I, I'd have to go, I'd have to go through all the positions. I mean, I, mean, I think, in, you know, in terms of in terms of goalkeepers, there'd be three or four 
play, you know, goalkeeper. I mean, it's different with goalkeepers because certain goalkeepers need to be better with their feet, blah, 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 blah. So you, you're getting into a bit of a tricky territory there. I guess for you, will be Edison, Allison, Jan Oblak, maybe I'd, Neuer. I'd, 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 have, I'd certainly have Black. I'd have Neuer. I would probably have... Um, Allison. I'd have Allison. I'd have Courtois. And I would have... I might have Edison. I'm not certain about Edison. No, I think he's far yeah, too rash. But he's just just underneath, you know. And and um, but yeah, I just I, I think just generally speaking, if you're forgetting about tactics and suitability and all that malarkey, I think if you you know if you were to take a caliber of player and put, and take them out and put them in another team, that he, you know he's not you know he can sort of go. And I think what you just said there has. Them. I think it's not for me saying that it's not me saying that these three players are way above. It. It's more like everyone else is just a step below. So, yeah, no, I, I get, I understand that that's that's the the, the difference maker. It's not, yeah, it's not a big, it's not a big, huge cavern. Ca- and, and and personally, I agree with you in the sense that those three are out by themselves, above everybody else. Um, and again, this is just, there's no right answer to this because it is just what people deem to be, uh, you know, their definition of world class. Um, but I, yeah, I think that for me, it's got to be someone who can basically be essentially dropped into another team and, and any other team in the world and be and be good there. Um, this is very Liverpool-centric, but I guess maybe because arguably they're the, the, the best team in the world or one of the best teams. But do you guys think Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson are world-class? Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, there's... I, I, um, <laughs> think Trent, Trent's had a lot more... A lot, Trent hasn't had as much of a good season this year, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. So, but and, by the definition of consistency and stuff. No. And that that takes that particular point takes us into Egby's point, where let's say in in two years' time or a year's time, we're still looking at Alexander Arnold, thinking he's still not come up from that form. Then, perhaps the initial response to him getting in the team and playing well was, "That's not really how how good he is. It's just that he happened to be playing in the." best strongest team Liverpool, you know Liverpool team he's probably ever going to play and so of course he looks amazing so it's, I guess you shouldn't prematurely do it um, I think it's I think in in there it's hard to tell isn't it because because they're essentially they, they play like they play <laughs> they play like deep wingers in that Liverpool team I don't think certainly Alex I've said long Alexander Arnold's not that weak uh, not that strong defensively Mm-hmm. They're they're up they're up there. They're really they're good players and they and they do their roles really well. Um, but it, it's hard to say whether they're again and, and under my definition whether I could plop them in in Real Madrid and Barcelona and Bayern Munich and whether they'd be whether they'd be noticeably any better or worse, sorry any worse. I don't know. So once these players Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Neuer, um, Messi, you know mm. once once they all leave. Will the definition of, still, of world class still be, um, you know, put against them kind of players? Good question. Would you say? Because then, if, if that bar's not there anymore, then the bar. Yeah. Are you always holding yeah. them to the same standard, yeah. or does the standard? Yeah, drop? I think it'll probably change because I think Ronaldo and Messi just generational talents. They, it'll be. It's rare seeing one player of that level, let alone two. So it probably will. I imagine the the bar will will lower somewhat because it was it was so high set by them. And I think Lewandowski, arguably, he's probably bottom of those three, obviously, but he still sets a very high precedent. I think when it comes to, to goals, and I think you guys are right. I don't want it to just be only strikers can be world class because that's obviously not true. But I think just those three in particular stood out. But I think yeah, I think maybe you're right. I think maybe the the bar will be lowered so. There, it won't be as hard to be deemed world class, but I still think that that term will be flippantly used or prematurely used. We're going to do some football pet peeves now. Uh, it's a bit like Room One Hundred and One, but football based entirely. So it's much better. Screw you, Frank Skinner. Don't please don't sue us. Sixty-fifth so most fo- popular football podcast in the UK. So on Apple probably, Podcasts, he probably won't find us. 
Um, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna basically because every everybody everybody who loves football has things that really annoy them about football, and I've asked I've tasked you guys of, of thinking of something. Doesn't have to be the main thing because we might do a few of these segments every few weeks. Uh, just to raise one thing that really really annoys you about football. It doesn't have to be a player or a manager or a team or anything like that. It can be anything to do with football. Liverpool anything fans. <laughs> Liverpool fans is. I, I sort of go to that saying, I think, but it is, of course, we, you know, we could, we could well do that because they are undeniably annoying. Um, so who wants to, who wants to kick us off? Who's the most angry? I think I should. You know what really grinds my gears, <laughs> right? Really grinds All right, I'll, Ro, Ro's got his hand up. Go on, Ro. I'll, I can lower it. I can lower it. Right, you lower that bastard. Then. I'm, I'm, I'm within distance of Ash's range. Right, I have a few, to be honest. I do have a few, but I'll uh, narrow it down to one. If you, right. say mine, um, if you say mine, we're going to have a problem. Having to narrow down right, your pet peeves so... is a pet peeve. <laughs> right, so when we were originally supposed to do this topic like a few weeks ago, this was quite topical. Okay. Um, so my pet peeve is the over-reliance uh, people who don't actually know too much about football put on FIFA stats, on like FIFA cards oh. on Ultimate Team. Yeah, I get So, you. for example, like, so the example I had was Olivier Giroud. Right, so Olivier Giroud is a fantastic player, obviously. When we were supposed to do this was, I think, he scored four in the Champions League. Wow. Um, but obviously... His, yeah, that's when we're supposed to do this. Yeah. I've been asking every week, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, obviously, his card on FIFA is absolute, absolutely awful, right? I, I've yeah. played a bit of FIFA. Uh, and it's, it's based solely on his pace. I think he's got like some like 30 pace, but he's not that quick on the game, so he's not very valuable. Yeah. But So, on social media, he gets so much stick, and people think he's not a good player at all. Because his FIFA card's bad. And these are the people that don't know that much about football and don't actually watch football. They just play the game that are giving him this grief. And, and another, another one is another Chelsea player, actually. It's uh, Timo Werner, obviously. And it's just obviously he's a striker card in the game. And everyone's like, oh, he's a striker. Yeah, he's a striker. Yeah, I've never watched him play football, but he's a striker. And I, I really disagree with that statement that he's a striker. And I think he really is a left winger. I think Lampard thinks he's a left winger as well. Right. Oh, you. So you're saying that because because FIFA have assigned him a position, that's yeah, that's yeah. become the consensus. FIFA's a massive in, misinformant. Yeah, I mean, there's right. There's two big football games, right? One does absolutely so much scouting, and it's fantastic scouting, high quality, and everything is known about every player, and that's Football Manager. And then you get FIFA that just kind of throw numbers at people, right? And, and then the numbers don't FIFA's make any sense. And then not even classing them to is Pez. <laughs> hey, what's that? Hey, lay off, lay off Perivo, all right? This is our pet peeve, just bashing football games. <laughs> and then you got this is football, <laughs> which was absolutely because yeah, he's, he's been aside the striker guard. Like everyone's like, oh, why is he getting played off the left? He's not getting played off the left. I'm like, did you have you watched anything of him? Yeah, when he was at, when he was at RB Leipzig, like right. he was very much played off the left, and right. he was very good at it. I tend to share this this pet peeve a lot. I mean, I mean, a lot back in the day, like perhaps when I played FIFA a bit more. But I know exactly what you mean because obviously, for 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 people who are not that into football, football can be quite tedious to watch, especially you know when you're watching teams that you don't support and stuff. Not everybody, not all football fans do it. Um, so of you know, and it's hard to have a knowledge of all these all these players unless you're really into. It. So yeah, FIFA is the thing that connects people, and you remember that's how people remember players. And FIFA is geared mainly around either like speed or tricks or whatever. So people remember those players. I mean, you know, you've got, I always remember people like, weren't you, oh, I don't want to dob you in here, but uh, weren't you super into like Stefan El Sharaway when I, I was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Again, just like, he's my favorite player on FIFA. Because, because, and, and like Leah, you know, my flatmate was, um, yeah, do, exactly. We, we, we will. That's a story for another day. But Sadie Doombeer was an absolute beast on a FIFA, and of course, what you shouldn't do is is translate that to to real football without actually watching it. But I know it, it doesn't. You know, I I tend to stay away from um, 
football fan Twitter for that or on Facebook for that reason because it, it, it would frustrate me too much. So so Josh, have you have have you got yeah. something yeah, to yeah. I've got something I've got something to oh, I've got something to show you. <laughs> I got something to show you. Um uh, do I I feel like it's almost like a game of poker now. It's like do I play this this one or do I go with this one because I want it to go in the football locker? I'm going to go with my first initial one, which is the disrespect for referees and liners. You look at most of the sports, cricket, rugby, you know, all these umpires, judges, uh, you know, even tennis, even though like you've, we've seen Djokovic and other players uh, shout at the umpires, but yeah. There's just no respect at all between the referees. And I think if, if the referees had that respect off the players uh, and staff within you know the clubs, um, I think they'd be more inclined to get in decisions potentially right. Mm. It's a culture, isn't it? Like football has... I mean, yeah, it is, it, you're right. It is that but, culture. Uh, not, I don't mean that as an excuse. It, no. It's just but, the way that... Rugby like, is a much more brutal sport, like physical-wise. Yeah. Um, but you know, you say the wrong word to a ref, that's it. You're off. Like when they go to the refs, the the silent, they let, they let the referee speak, unless they're really, really not irate. But even still, there's that yeah. level of respect that's like embedded in their heads that they they, they know they have to, you know, they, they have to respect whatever decision they can. Mm. They can try and argue it, but they have to argue it in a respectful manner rather than a lot of these players in, you know. The Premier League, Championship, England, and just football in general. Like the blooming, the was it Robert Holding or for for Arsenal? Oh yeah, the blooming. <laughs> yeah, shoulder back. Like a brick shit. How's he gone like that, that ref? Like, like, <laughs> it's funny that he said something like that, but like the fact that he aimed it towards the ref, it's like, come on, man. Like, so that's that's one of the rare um, the rare instances where I've been watching Arsenal live. And but I just turned the TV on and he said that and I caught it. So I seen it live and I was like, oh, that is that, that is going to be on Instagram later. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, just it's one of them, isn't it? Helpful. What about the um, Aguero touching Shine Massielis as well? Yeah, I mean, you got to take you got to take what you can from it, and you know, take it with a pinch of pinch of salt because you know what the media are like. You know what. Uh, Sports channels are going to be like anything, anything slightly small or slightly significant, they will blow it up, especially like the papers. Um, for me, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that at all. Like, with it regarding the the referee, regarding being a male or female, mm. whoever, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't lay hands upon another professional. Not, not so much the, um, the, putting your hands on the officials but certainly the language and the disrespect is you can see it trickled down to you know not only amateur um football which is which is horrendous to referees mm. but I mean, we've all been in it but but for kids, mm. kids i'm football. amazed at how kids football is so bad i mean the kids less so but you know the parents are just it's what they it's what you know and, and when it's when it's all you know it's it's hard to sort of stop doing it i mean it, it's horrendous it can be absolutely horrendous. a lot of the time I mean, the, the, the referees and then the kids referees are wanker so. <laughs> yeah, it's the parents instigating it, and then obviously the kids are seeing that. Yeah, of course. Acceptable, yeah. so I'll do it. It's, and it's and why and why is it why is why you know the, why are the parents doing it and why are the kids yeah. because they see the pros doing it and yeah, monkey see monkey do. And I'm I'm not a big I'm not a big you know oh you should absolutely not I I don't necessarily think personally I don't necessarily think you should try and get rid of any swearing on the pitch or whatever, but certainly direct abuse you know verbally abuse verbal mm. abuse should not should not stand. I, I don't particularly mind if, let's say Rob Holden was saying that to himself, you know, hmm. like in a way, do you know what I mean? I think that's fine. If he wants to, you know, and, or, or even possibly to, to his opponent, I don't really mind them doing it to the opponents. I think that's almost a bit of like game management and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's, it is horrendous and football seems to have a real big problem with it, like more so than most. Um, what about abuse of players from fans? Um... As long as it's, I think as long as it's legal, like as long as it doesn't go become racist or or homophobic or anything like that, I, I think that would be a 
as much as it's not particularly savory some of the stuff that you see i think if you started encouraging people not to just be natural in a stadium i think it would become a really kind of plastic environment like you know american stadiums where they're just kind of go just, ha just happy to be there and whatever you happens. Look lonely. Yeah. yeah exactly you just, look lonely. we don't want we don't want football to become like that like you want that fire in there even if it is a bit unsavory but sod it life is not always savory and something sometimes the most enjoying joy joying joy most enjoyful part of life is sometimes unsavory. <laughs> life lessons from harry brent um sometimes you just need to down a fucking two pinter and tell a player he's a prick <laughs> exactly that you've you, you amazed how many times that makes your day um but yeah i i can't a teenager for kicking a ball wrong <laughs> you know it yeah it's yeah i it's, it, i'd rather people i'd rather grown adults shout at a teenager for kicking a ball wrong than it's quite funny when you see like grown men have the names of a teenager on the back of their shirt that always makes me laugh um, <laughs> so my um pet peeve this week is um, commentators uh, regard uh, on penalties regarding penalties so it really 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 bugs me that commentators believe that any penalty that's scored is a class penalty that's a really good finish that what a great penalty great penalty that's the phrase great penalty and any penalty that, that penalty. any penalty that's saved Oh, it's just a poor. That's just a poor pen. That is a really poor penalty. Like it's a good eye for the keeper. Yeah, there are there there are there are good shots and there are bad shots. And I I would love if that if I would absolutely jump up in my seat if I if I was in the sitting room and a commentator said, I know he scored that, but it's a that is a poor penalty. And if the keeper dives either way, then he then he saves it. But I I don't think I've ever heard a commentator in the history of the game ever say that, other I than for like. like co-pundits say it like co-commentators who were actual footballers yeah but i know what you mean the main commentator it's like that's well, i just yeah, yeah it just it just seems to be a habit they just kind of great penalty and, and they don't even think about it and i sort of think that that's not yeah. what you're getting paid for you're not getting paid yeah. to say mindless dribble like as long as it hits the back of the net it's and it's yeah and, it, and, it, and it's wrong like you know it's it uh, and and, off, and often you know pen, when penalties are saved it's like i mean that's a that's a great save or, or not even that it's just like well it wasn't a particularly great penalty but you know most of the time I mean you know you can't score every do you know what I mean I, I just think there needs to be more sort of analysis with it or or just just sort of critical thinking with it you know just actually look at the shot and <clears throat> and don't just mindlessly say what what's easy to say because you know like it in the same with what's happened yeah yeah just in the same way that i mean this was going to be another pet peeve but i'll touch into it where match well no but it's the same point basically it's just like the way that match the day yeah. <laughs> some rules for one uh, i'm not able to do some... mine this week guys <laughs> <laughs> i am not going to be bullied into not saying this sentence um the way that they say if it's a four nil win to someone they'll go oh um well, the the team won four 0 were really just really good today, and the team that lost they were just poor defensively. It's like we, not always. So oh. generally, just lazy commentary. Lazy, like, lazy commentary. But but yeah. no, I'm, I'm going to stick to the penalties one because that's the main thing. I, I think that's when it's most obvious, and quite frequently you see pit player. I know they read the keeper sometimes, and they they you know like for example your your Bruno Fernandez penalty. You can't say well if the keeper dives that way, it's a poor penalty. Of course it isn't because the point is he's reading the keeper. But there are often penalties that 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 it's literally if the keeper dives the other way and, and it is a 50-50, then it's it's savable. So mine is, it's more like, it's weird. It's only like a recent discussion, but mine is the, the, the criticism of, or the rejection of the notion that you can't have two left-footed centre-backs. Huh. Specific. I like it. Yeah. So it's, like I said, it's only been like a recent phenomenon because maybe because we've always had a right-footed, Centre back and maybe a left footed centre back or two right footed centre backs, but ne people never bat an eyelid when it's like, well, they're playing two right footed centre backs. But mm. it's seen as like a cardinal sin if a team ever has like two left footed centre backs. Yeah, I I know I know you. I, I mean, I, it's not something I've no specific noticed personally myself, but I know I've heard it before, and I know what you mean. Now that you that. 
Now yeah. that you say it, I'm like, that, it is ludicrous, it's isn't just it? Like, equal but opposite problems having two centre backs. And and there's been no evidence that like, oh, a defensive calamity has happened because Ash, <laughs> <laughs> you seem very keen to say something. <laughs> so the reason you have a left foot centre back and a right oh, foot so you, so wait, you're, you're against this. Okay, go on. <laughs> yes, right. 100% against it. But I, I believe you should have a left foot centre back and the right foot centre back. And I, I believe why this has come about recently for UEGB is obviously the the implementation of like Tiki Taka and Gerga pressing and these heavily possession based playing out from the back kind of uh, kind of systems, especially with the new rule change with the uh, the players being allowed to be in the box with the goal kick. So if you have a left foot centre back on the left and a right foot centre back on the right. It opens up different angles for which you can pass. I think and my, the point press... is, my point is more that people don't bat an eyelid for two right foot centre backs, but people oh, think I see what you mean. it's against. It's like a sin. To yeah, have it's it's, it's definitely. I, I definitely well, think yeah, that's stupid. We, we agree. <laughs> that's yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's yeah. why. Agree. <laughs> I think we all agree it would it would help obviously in the same way that like, you know, I guess fullbacks is a slightly different different way of looking at it, but um. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that was yeah, that was Egby's point was that it's there's the hypocrisy there. Yeah, but I, th- I think there's just really a, a right foot bias just in life in general, though, isn't there? Well, there's more on it, more of us. <laughs> yeah, um, but 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 I, at the same time, I agree with you, Ash. Like, it's definitely important to do it, particularly in the way that the style of players and every ball at your feet and all that stuff. Yeah, it's best but, to have but, the but it's but it's not like. Oh my God! You are going to concede. Yeah, and that—that's my point. That is my exact point. That you see two right-footed centre backs, and people are like, "That's fine, that's cool." But heaven forbid that you have two left-footed centre backs because you either yeah. have to be for trouble or you're asking to lose the game. But it's—it's it's, there's no well, there's obviously a difference. But as I said, it's the equal and opposite. I, I can't remember. I don't think Chelsea have had a left left-footed centre back since I've been a fan. I'm trying to remember. Um, Oh, it's, it's just it's just harder to find left-footed centre-backs yeah, because there's less of them, I imagine. Because we have Pablo, Mari and Gabriel, but they've obviously never played together. But I'm thinking that in the future, they probably will. And there'll be people saying, oh, why have you got two left-footed centre-backs? And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. Is it Rudiger left-footed? No, he's right. Hmm. I think people see it as though uh, it's kind of a... Uh, Oh yeah, they've got two right-footed sense backs. Maybe they couldn't find a left-footed one that suited them. <laughs> and thing where if you have if you have two left-footed it's ones like, and they're like, oh, they could find two left-footed sense backs. Stop wasting them. Give them to another club. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it just it <clears throat> doesn't make sense. Why the, yeah, the solution no, yeah. the solution is to have a, a defender centre backs with both feet. That's yeah. the solution. Isn't Ideally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if the centre backs are passing leads. back and forth between each other, you'd want them to be receiving the ball on the on the stronger foot. But but yeah, I mean, I I, I guess the, another counter argument of that is well, well, you know, yes, you want them to be receiving the ball on the stronger foot, but you don't want them to be out of sorts when it comes to their weaker foot. Like if you put a load of emphasis on every, you know, we have this set up because every pass must be precise, then. I would panic if it ever went to their weak foot and it's like, oh my God. This yeah, and it's like we're having left-footed right-wingers. That's like the norm now. And yeah. having a left-footed centre-back on the right-hand side, no one, it's what I don't get, no one back. Yeah, them. because because you've got the the uh, overlapping full-backs there. So you, then uh, essentially you've still got a winger, but you've got someone cutting in as well. Will will we ever see... So then your, your, full-back will, <clears throat> your full-back will have the footedness of the side he's on. And then you'd have a winger well, cutting on, on the off. Overlapping, and it'll have the right. If I guess if you're playing um, a centre mid who exploits the this the wing or this yeah. space out wide, you'll still have that as well. So, will, will, we, will we ever see um, not inverted fullbacks, but fullbacks with the opposite? You know, like we have with wingers who cut inside. Will we ever see fullbacks who get stronger on the other foot? Yeah, I mean, like so, arm was a left, right foot, left back, wasn't he? Well. Yeah, I, but that was, was more, I guess, to do with his just, just overall brilliance and versatility. But like, what I mean is, so uh, you could have a system where the fullbacks uh, push on and then cut inside to to do those sorts of those sorts of crosses, those sort of inward swinging crosses. Oh, like, oh I see what you mean. Inverted um, wing back. Well, inverted wing back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they play more centre mid, I guess. But you mean but, like an actual inverted winger? 
Yeah, and sometimes with, with the amount of football we, we expect fullbacks to play, if you're under a lot of pressure, often I find if, as soon as if your fullback turns his back to goal, then suddenly he is on his weaker foot. And then, so I think it might even, yes, maybe a bit weaker going forward, but it's not like, it's not like you're completely limited to using the foot that's, the foot that's next to the wing if, if you're like that. So I wonder if that'll ever become a tactic. Okay, um, so we're going to vote on the, on who we think. So we, we need to think of a name for the uh, for the what's the where's what's the room one one that they're going to be sent? What's the name for it? All right, we can come up with the name later. How are we gonna How are we gonna vote for this? I guess we um, um, we all get one vote. We can't vote for our own. So but, yes, yeah. Vote. I was going to say you can't vote for your own. That's uh, that's. Well, we'll just uh, go, so we'll just go around. We, we don't need to... We, yeah, so, let's so all recap. What we've got is... Um, FIFA stats having, you know, yeah. too much to say and people who don't know much. And then we had... The dis- mine was the, the disrespect for referees and liners. I had penalty commentators being shite. Yeah. And I had the qualm of two left-footed centre-backs, but not two right-footed centre-backs. Um, yeah. Okay. First? Well, yeah, Ash, go on. You you start. Yeah, you started, so you'll let you vote first. I'm gonna vote for Ross personally. I Disre- think disrespect. Disrespecting the ref. Yeah, nah, it's, To be fair, it's 2021. Everyone else is. Every everyone else gets a say, but but referees don't now. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Ro. Uh, Man, would be Harry's with the commentators for penalties, just because. If you can't if you can't score a penalty from the spot, then you need to go home and reevaluate your life as a professional footballer. So your your voting for me comes from your annoyance with the player missing the <laughs> kick rather than the actual commentator. Well, yeah, I mean, That's a score a penalty, great, good, well done. Don't look. I, don't make a bigger deal than what it is. I, I don't want. want I don't want to. I don't want to lose the vote. But what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Rose got two votes with two different pet peeves. No, yeah. no, I'm just saying, like a penalty, like great. I take my foot off, Ross. It's, 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 it's a spot kick, basically. Yeah. You know, not that far away from the goal, and then the commentator's job is just to go, okay, yeah, he scored. Don't hype it up to it being more than what it actually is. Okay. Again, still, somewhat. I guess. All right. That's sort of half. I guess it's sort of half. No, I agree with you, but like that's right. kind of what I got from it. I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll take it. No. Just put your legs through. <laughs> I'll take it. Just put your headphones on, right? <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm hearing things clearer now than ever. Yeah, I think we've got a couple of them. I'm gonna vote for. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> he's still going. I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna vote for Ash's um, uh, the FIFA the FIFA cards affecting people's. Uh, oh, you should see. Jake. I don't. I don't. No, I haven't. I promise you, I haven't. I haven't. I, 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 I don't. I don't hate the things that you that the other two said enough. I mean, the, the the one that the one that Ash said does or certainly did really really annoy me at one point, and and I know and I see it a lot, and it and it is quite annoying. So I'm gonna say that one. I can imagine as a journalist, yeah. Yeah. It's be annoying to see online. I think I'm going to go with Rose first. Oh, I think they got the deciding ball then, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think I agree. I think the, the point that other referees in other sports get so much respect, and like I said, it's 2021, there's, there's no need for it. That He's just there doing his job. There's no need to take it out on him. So, yeah, I'm, I agree with Ro. Respect for the refs. All right, so disrespect. <laughs> I agree with Ro because... Because um, it's like he's he's there doing his job. He should get hassled. <laughs> he should get shit. You know what I mean? Like the, the HR. Room. I'm sorry. It, just, it really just riled me up. <laughs> but I had to get it out of my head. Otherwise, it just. <laughs> I, I agree with Harry, but that's also some little insight into my head. That's that's a pet peeve for next time. <laughs> I'm no, uh, okay, my pet sorry. peeve for next time. Don't you? Uh... I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it uh, room three four three, just because it's it's a it's a what do you call it a palindrome like one hundred and one, and three four three is a formation. The... We could have done four four two, but it's not a palindrome. You see, what could have done three one three. What four two four? 
Yeah, but it's not. It's, that's not real. Who plays 44? Wait, 4 4 4 I've, I've played 4 2 4 4 <laughs> 4 4 fucking 2 4 fucking 2 4 4 2 3 It doesn't work in the uh, room 101. <clears throat> so we're going. Locker 3 4 3. The disrespect of referees is the first entry, en- entry into room 343. What a name. Thanks very much for joining us, and don't be too surprised if that becomes a recurring segment on this podcast. Who doesn't have a good pointless win, Jay? Don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well as on Instagram. Yes, that's right, we're expanding. You can find us at Edge of the Box Pod, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks again. Bye bye.